Hey everybody, it's Pastor Will. Welcome or welcome back to the Brazos Fellowship Podcast. Thank you for listening today. And at the end of this episode, please take a moment to subscribe to this podcast if you aren't already. But more importantly, I hope the following presentation inspires you to take the next step in your faith journey. Enjoy. All right, good morning, everybody. It is great to see you all, and thanks for that extra enthusiasm up there in the balcony. A little holler. Uh, we appreciate that. Uh, this week, we're going to launch a brand new series entitled The Blessing. We're going to be talking about it over the next couple of weeks. Now, as I say the blessing, I'm not talking about the little prayer we pray right before the meal. That's not the blessing we're going to be talking about today. As a matter of fact, the tagline for this series, I've given it, is this. Blessing is receiving something that could change everything. It is something that we do or we misdoing in our families in every generation. And we're going to talk about maybe this has happened to you and what do you do if it's happened, if you've missed this, or you are responsible now for giving this blessing to the next generation. And here's how we're going to define it as we move forward in this series. The blessing is the gift of unconditional love, acceptance, and approval. And deep down in every single one of us, every man, every woman, child, boy, and girl, there is this yearning in our heart to have our parents speak over us words of love and acceptance and approval. That they, we want to hear words that they believe in us, that they see something good in us, that we are capable of something great, that we have potential that is great. We want to hear these kinds of things from our parent. And the question that you, maybe you're asking, well, why is this blessing so important? Why can't we just function without it? Let me give you a couple of stories, and we're going to kind of launch into a, a bigger answer of why we're talking about this, why it's so important. But I want to give you a couple of stories. First story is about a guy named Brian. Brian grew up in a home where he had a dad who was a career Marine Corps officer. And every decision that Brian's dad made for Brian growing up was to prepare him to be a good Marine someday. Every extracurricular, all of his sports, all of the clubs, he was everything was to prepare him to be a good Marine. And the happiest day in Brian's dad's life was the day that Brian graduated from high school and he joined the Marines. But his joy wasn't to last because Brian constantly got written up and reported for disrespect and ultimately was dishonorably discharged from the Marine Corps for having starting a fight with his drill instructor. And when he got home, his dad told him, I couldn't be more disappointed in you and you are not welcome in this home ever again. Kicked him out of his life. Brian confesses that over the next several years, not speaking to his father, he struggled with feelings of inferiority. He felt like he did, had no self-confidence. And even though Brian scored over and over above average intelligence, he would always go after jobs that were well below his skill level. And during this time, relationally, he was in relationship after relationship some three different times he was engaged only to break it off with the girl saying, I just couldn't believe that anybody could love me that much. Couldn't believe it. Right around this time, he gets a call from his mother saying, your dad has had a heart attack. You need to get here quick. We don't know how much more time we have with him. And all the way there, flying halfway across the country, he's thinking, 
this will be it. I'll finally get to reconcile with my dad and it'll finally be good and he and I can have a good relationship. But unfortunately, about two hours before Brian gets to the hospital, his dad slips into a coma. And about four hours later, his father passes away without ever regaining consciousness. And Brian's voice could be heard echoing down the corridors of the hospital, Dad, wake up! Dad, please wake up! He just wanted one more conversation with his dad. And he was brokenhearted in that moment, not just because he had lost his dad physically, but he had lost his last opportunity to gain his father's blessing. Now, another story I want to tell you about a lady named Susie who grew up with a mother who loved to dress her up, make her look really pretty, and show her off in public. Her mother loved to show up at social gatherings and would bring her girls. Susie had a sister that was a little smaller, a little more petite, kind of more classically pretty. Susie was more of a tomboy, a little big-boned, if you will, and, and her mother would cater to her little sister and would say things like this to Susie. Why won't you be pretty? Why don't you lose a few pounds? It wouldn't hurt you, right? She would say things like, listen, I don't want you to embarrass me or yourself. What are people going to think whenever she would do something kind of tomboyish? And these tapes played over and over in her head. It caused her to second guess herself and feel feelings of inadequacy as she went into a, a relationships as a young adult. And it caused her to really struggle in her relationships Today, Susie is a mother of two girls, and one of her girls is small and petite, kind of like her sister, and the other is sort of big-boned, tomboyish, like she was, and she still, to this day, sees her mother, not surprisingly, catering to the pretty, petite one, and she feels resentment over this, not just at her mother, but she's finding herself feeling resentfulness towards her own daughter, who had nothing to do with this. And this resentfulness is a direct result because Susie never felt that she really got her mother's blessing. This unconditional love, acceptance, and approval from her mom. When we come to the Bible, one of the most famous missed blessing moments in all of Scripture is that of Esau with his father Isaac, who had been cheated out of his blessing by his brother Jacob. And he comes into the tent where his dad is, realizing that he is not going to get his father's blessing. And it breaks his heart. In Genesis, first book of the Bible, chapter 27, here's what Esau says to his father. He burst out with a loud and bitter cry and said to his father, Bless me! Me too, my father! Bless me! Me too! And right down to this day, some thousands of years later, there are still hearts, maybe right here in this room, those of you watching this on television, on the internet, listening to it on, as a podcast, you are feeling in your heart, bless me, me too. You wish you had gotten it from a mother or a father or somebody of significance in your life story, but you never got it. And it has broken your heart. And when people miss that opportunity... To be blessed. Many times, here's what happens. There's a default setting that gets in place. Is that we begin to go looking for the blessing in other places. To bless ourselves. And to insulate ourselves. And to be able to help ourselves feel okay about us. It usually happens in one of four different areas. Maybe a combination thereof. First one is appearance. 
It's, it's looking good. If I look in the mirror and I feel good, maybe this is how you feel, that I feel good about me. I feel like I'm worth it. I have value. I feel like I'm approved sort of for the day if I look a certain way. And maybe the next one is the idea of possessions, what I own, what I drive, what I wear, where I live. I've heard guys tell me before, there's just certain vehicles I just don't drive, right? I don't drive my wife's car. Really, what is he saying? Here's what he's saying. He's saying there's certain vehicles that if I was seen driving them, it would like deteriorate my value as a human being, right? And we laugh and joke about that. Like I only drive pickups and SUVs and big vehicles that look manly. That's all I drive, right? And some guys really feel like that because it does something on the inside of them. Their identity is attached to that. And yours may be something totally different. It's how you dress. It's where you live. There's just certain places I just won't live because it's, there's an attachment. It makes me feel okay about me. Maybe it's relationships. That's the third one. Relationships. Always searching for somebody who will validate me as a human being, make me feel good about myself, will tell me and remind me because I forget so much of the time that I'm worth it, that I'm okay, that I'm a good guy, I'm a good girl. I, I'm, I'm, I don't know that, so i got to have somebody tell me constantly. This many times is where people search for it. And finally, it's performance. It's performance professionally. As long as I'm performing at a certain level, I feel good about me. Or if you're an athlete, it's performing athletically at a certain level. As long as I can do that and maintain that, I feel great. Otherwise, I'm a little lost and I second guess myself all the time and I don't know what to think and I don't know where to go and I don't know what to, what to believe about myself and I'm just sort of lost in my identity because I can't perform. But all four of these, ladies and gentlemen, they are counterfeit blessings. Here's why I say that. Because none of them will last. They won't last. Your appearance is going to fade, right? Possessions are going to lose their value. People are going to let you down. Even the really great ones, they're going to let you down. You're not going to be able to maintain performance always. That's going to be up and down at best. And as you live and as you get older, it's going to wane and go down. It's just the way it works. But these are counterfeit blessings that we tend to insulate our lives. But here's the thing. If you draw close to those and you try to use those to be your blessing, your identity, here's what you're going to find. You're going to find that those things will leave you emotionally and spiritually empty, bankrupt. And in their book, The Blessing, Dr. Jonathan Trent and Gary Smalley had this to say about the power of that blessing. They said, no matter your age... The approval of your parents affects how you view yourself and your ability to pass that approval on to your children, spouse, and friends. This is vital to your self-esteem and emotional well-being. They said this will impact. They go into great depth in the book on how it impacts your relationships, your ability to relate to other people, and even your most important relationship, your marriage, will be impacted by what has happened and what is happening in your home and when you were growing up. And as a matter of fact, as we go all the way back to the first book of the, the Bible, Genesis chapter 2, verse 24, where God first in, in kind of instates the institution of marriage, God talks about that 
you're going to be connected, your marriage will be connected to your home life. And this is what he said. He says, uh, that's why a man shall leave his father and mother. So he's leaving, and so is she. Husband and wife are leaving father and mother and is united to his wife, and that they will become one flesh. But here are the two verbs that are so critical. There's a leaving portion of marriage, of leaving home physically, and, and there is a, an emotional leaving, even though you continue to love and have a relationship with that, you're starting to form a brand new household, a new, uh, a new home, and there is a uniting. So if we don't leave well, and there's not a, a healthy leaving, there's not going to be a healthy uniting. In other words, if you didn't feel love and acceptance in your first home, you're going to struggle to feel it in your second one. To put it another way, if you didn't feel love and acceptance and approval growing up, you are going to be facing all kinds of challenges in your marriage later on. This is why if you're a parent today, you need to be listening to every word of this and taking it very seriously because you are setting your child up either for sex, for success, pardon me. Wow, this became a whole different talk. <laughs> or struggles like I'm having right now. All right. So every one of us that are parents need to think about this. But the question I want to ask you now, this is a very personal question. What do you wish you had heard from your parents? What do you wish you had heard growing up? What do you wish? Now, they said all kinds of other things, but what do you wish they would have said? And I want to challenge you to take some time today, sometime, maybe not in the service because somebody might look on your paper, right, or, or on your phone, but when you have some privacy where you feel like you can really be on, what do you wish they would have said to you, okay? Because instead of the thing you wish they would have said, maybe what they said was, I'm kind of disappointed in you. And maybe they never really said it overtly with their words because that's pretty brutal. Not many people have the, the guts or the courage or just meanness to say something like that, but you always felt a little rejected. You're never quite good enough. Or why couldn't you be as good as your brother or your sister or your cousin or whoever that other person was? It was about your age that was more successful than you. You feel like you were constantly compared to. Why couldn't you be more like them? Or when you shared your dream with your parents or whoever it was that raised you and you felt like they just kind of said, oh, who are you kidding? You can't do that. You're not smart enough for that. You can't get into the right school for that. You can't do that. You just felt like nobody really believed in you. Or they just ignored you. You just felt ignored and it broke your heart. What was it that you felt growing up? Because here's what, we've, what we learn is that that view, that impact that our parents has, ha, has on us will impact the next generation in our home. It will impact the way our kids are raised. Now, let me say this. After 30 years of doing ministry, I have seen this happen over and over again. The way that we view our earthly father and I would even group mom in there too, our mothers and our fathers, but I would say predominantly fathers, will shape the way we view God. This is so incredibly powerful. Here's another way of saying it. The way you view your paternal father will shape the way you see your eternal father. 
Now, for some of you, this might be a light going on. Because if you're really honest, the way you see your, your, your earthly father, your paternal father, if it was a non-loving role in your life, he was more of a disciplinarian who very rarely ever loved you, it's not impossible for you to see God as loving, but you're going to struggle with You're going to have to rewire the way you think about a father. And for some of you, it's really hard for you to feel and see God as loving towards you. And this might be the reason. Or maybe it's really hard for you to feel like God really accepts and forgives you after you have blown it royally in your life, in your past, or maybe even last night. <laughs> uh, and glad you're in church today. But you, 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 you have a hard time feeling like God really loves and accepts me. And part of that is because of the way your father's role was in your life. And for some of you, if you would be just brutally honest about this, this is why you stayed away from God and church so long. Because of the relationship or the lack thereof you had with your father. And guys, those of you who are fathers, grandfathers today, this ought to be very sobering for you. It is for me. God uses your life in a much more powerful way than you realize to shape the next generation and even the one after that about how they understand and either drawn to or repelled away from God himself. We, we have been given a gift and we've got to manage that very well. Dr. Jonathan Trent said this, he says, In the vast majority of cases, parents who do not give the blessing to a son or daughter have never received it themselves. In other words, this tends to be cyclical. This tends to be a repeated cycle in families. So if you never received it, more than likely, he's saying more than likely, you're probably not going to do a good job passing it on to your children. Now, here's the big question. I hope you're asking. I certainly did when I read that. Is there something we can do to reverse this? Like, or we just, have to, we just have to go home and say, well, you know, we got messed up by our parents. And for some of us, your parents are just not available. They're not going to do this for you. I mean, let's be honest. Or they're gone from this earth. They're no longer here. They just can't do this for you. How do you proceed forward? Do you just have to accept the fact that, you know, history is just doomed to repeat itself and you're going to just curse your kids and you and like, there's nothing I can do about it? Absolutely not. There is something you can do about it. And today we're going to talk about that you can receive your Heavenly Father's blessing on your life. And over the next couple of minutes, I want to show you how. Because there is this beautiful moment in the New Testament where God the Father gives His blessing to God the Son. And it is one of the most remarkable moments in all of not just the Bible, but human history. It is the moment when Jesus is baptized where we're told that he comes to his cousin, John the baptizer, who is baptizing people as an act of repentance to prepare their hearts and their lives for the coming Messiah. And John realizes, this is the Messiah. This, my cousin, Jesus, is the Messiah. And Jesus comes to John and he says, I want you to baptize me. And John looks at Jesus and says, me baptize you? I need to be baptized by you, not be baptized you. Are you kidding me? I'm not worthy to even untie your sandals. 
And Jesus says, no, this is to fulfill all righteousness. This is right before my Father. This sets an example to all my followers. To be baptized is a public proclamation that you have been buried with Christ, raised to walk in a new way of life, that you are a new creation in Christ. It is a metaphor. It's a symbol to represent what God has done on the inside. And Jesus says, I am going to start this chain reaction of people following me right here, right now. And when Jesus is baptized, is one of the most beautiful and remarkable moments. What's about to happen, and and you'll see why in just a second. It's found in the first book of the New Testament, the Gospel of Matthew, chapter 3, starting with verse 16. And here's what happens. It says, As soon as Jesus was baptized, He went up out of the water, and at that moment, heaven was opened. Think about this for a second. God pulls back the curtain between heaven and earth for just a moment. Angels, power, glory, His throne, everything is exposed for just a moment. Heaven is open and He saw the Spirit of God descending like a dove and alighting on Him. That all of a sudden, in this moment, it's one of the, like the first time we see the Holy Trinity of God represented all in one second. Father, Son, Holy Spirit, all there. In the exact same moment, same space, same piece of real estate, unbelievable. You don't get this anywhere else. This is a remarkable moment in history. But I want you to pay attention to what happens here. Because God in this moment is giving His blessing to His Son. And He's setting an example for all of us. Mamas, daddies, grandmamas, granddads, all of us. How do we do this well for the next generation? And this is the the, the first blessing that God shows us. is the blessing of being present. Or the, the blessing of presence. Just being present. God's saying, listen... I see you. I'm pulling back the curtain of heaven. I want you to know I see you. Have you ever noticed little kids? They, they constantly, those of you who have little toddlers, little preschoolers, even little elementary school age kids, you know this because you see here it all the time. They want to show you everything. Daddy, look. Mama, watch this. Daddy, look. Mama, watch this. Right? You know, like it's, it's the same dive you did like a thousand times, but they want to show you one more time. You know, they, they want to show you the same somersault. They want to show you the same. They want to show, because like, I want your presence. I want your attention. I want you to see this. It's so powerful to give your kids your presence. I, and we don't ever outgrow this. I remember almost 22 years ago, shortly before my dad passed away from cancer, it was in 1997, back when we used to write the year with a 19 at the beginning. 1997, I was graduating from seminary. And my dad was super busy. I was 28 years old. I, I, he told me, I'm not sure I can make it. I'm going to try. And I remember telling him, hey, dad, it's okay. I'm a big boy. I'm 28. Like, it's okay if you don't make it. Like, no big deal. But deep down, I didn't tell him this, but really would like him to be there. It'd be really nice. There's a lot of work coming to a culmination here. And I remember walking down the aisle to come up on the stage to get my master's in theology and seeing my dad there. We locked eyes. There were a lot of men in the building, but that was the only man to me that really mattered. He gives me the thumbs up. Afterwards, he comes up, puts his big arm around me, hugs me real tight. He says, I love you. I'm so proud of you. Man, whoo! That's just even like 22 years later. Wow. 
Ladies, this is why we cry at the end of movies like Field of Dreams. Um, <laughs> there is something powerful about that connection and that blessing to hear your father or your mother speak that over you. I don't care what age you are. Don't think just because your kids are up and out in the house, they don't need that anymore. Oh my gosh. They still need to hear that. They need to hear, hey, you're such a good daddy. You take such good care of these. You are such a good mom. Look at you. Look at your marriage. Look at y'all. Y'all have made it through so much difficult. You've, you have hung in there. Y'all are doing such a good job. Encourage them. Speak to them. This is the opportunity to give your presence, even starting when they're very little. And we have been inundated with technology these days, but can I just implore you, beg you right now, Put the phones away, please. Give them your presence. They crave it. They long for it. And if you don't give it to them, they'll go looking for it somewhere else. They will find a counterfeit way to bless themselves if you don't give it to them. Don't make them have to do that. Give it to them. It's so powerful when we begin to understand this. And Jesus shows us this through his relationship with his father, that his father makes his presence available to his son. And God, the beautiful thing is he continues to make his presence available every single day to us through his son. But the sad reality is we rarely give our presence to him, make our presence available to him. We're just too busy, God. I'll do it tomorrow, next week, whenever. But making time to be alone with him Receiving the Father's blessing of His presence and His wisdom. And here's the next thing that happens. God speaks. Here's what He says in verse 17. And if you would, let's read these highlighted words together. A voice from heaven said, This is, let's say it together, This is my Son whom I love. With Him I am well pleased. I want everybody here to know, God says, this is my son. Nobody else's. It's mine. I am proud that my identity is connected to yours. As, as, as moms and dads, we need to let our children hear that. I am proud to be your daddy. I am proud to be your mommy. You are a special, amazing kid. I don't care what anybody else says. I believe in you. I love you. You have my unconditional love and acceptance and approval. It doesn't mean I'm going to approve of everything you do. <laughs> but it does mean I will always love you. Always. And there may be times that I will challenge you because of this blessing of identity right here, this blessing that God gives of identity to His Son that He asks us to give, this blessing to say, listen, you belong to me. You belong to us. You're a part of this family. And, and you're wiser than this. You're better than this. I want to help you to do better than you can make a better choice than this. And, and it's so important to pass on that blessing of identity. Because if kids don't get that identity from you, they will go searching for it. And many times they will find it in the wrong places. Absolutely wrong places. And I, I just, what I'm saying to you today Especially those of you who, maybe not even parents yet, but you remember the question I asked earlier, what do you wish that your parents had said to you? I bet the essence of what you wish your parents had said to you is something like this. You are my son, you are my daughter. 
whom I love. With you, I am well pleased. I am well pleased. I'm so proud of you. I love you. I'm crazy about you. God freely gives that to us through His Son, Jesus Christ, and He asks us to download that into the lives of those around us whom we have been given a ticket, an opportunity to be influencers, that we are a significant individual in the life of another person, and we can speak these things, we can be present for them, we can show up for them, and it will communicate such love, such blessing to them. But many times we think, ah, somebody else will do it. I can't really, I don't really have that kind of sway or that kind of influence. Don't you dare talk yourself out of it. I want to challenge you today to begin to live from this idea of blessing. Stop striving for the blessing and start living from the blessing. God wants to make this blessing available to every single person. And in the Gospel of John, chapter 1, starting with verse 12, I love this promise that God gives to all people. He says, but to all, to all, notice that, to all who believe in Him and accept Him. Believing and accepting in Him means Jesus and what He did for us on the cross, His resurrection, death and resurrection. He gave the right to become, let's say it together, what are we to become? We are to become children of God. New identity. And the presence of God goes with that. Children of God, they are reborn, not with a physical birth resulting from human passion or plan, but a birth that comes from, let's say it together, from God. This birth that God and only God can give, it's from His plan, not a human plan. It is His passion for you, not human passion. It is you, you are here because of God's plan. He loves you. He wants you to be one of His children. And He calls you to come and to believe and to accept what Jesus has done on your behalf so that you can receive the blessing today. So the question is, will you receive it? For some of you, you don't really know if you ever received it. You know, maybe mom and dad tried, but I just don't think they had the skills. They didn't have the ability. They just, they, no one modeled it for them, so they didn't know how to do it. But now here's your opportunity to receive it from God so you can begin to give it to others. Starting today, I want to encourage you to receive the blessing of God so you can begin to share it with other people. And over the next two weekends, I hope you will be here over the next two Sundays, we're going to talk about how can you ensure that this blessing gets passed on to your kids to your grandkids, to your nieces and nephews, to the kids around you, to the people that God has put in your life, that you are a significant person in their life story and you could be a part of the blessing of God on their life. And it's unbelievable when people begin to say, God, I'm available, use me to speak blessing, to be present for people. We're going to talk about how to do that and how to put that and to implement that into your everyday life just going forward. It's powerful how this has radically changed the trajectory of people's lives once they begin to understand it, how God has made it available to them. So here's the prayer of application I'm asking you to pray with me. It's simply saying, Heavenly Father, I receive the blessing of your presence and identity today. <clears throat> and I commit to, to share this blessing with those around me. 
I'm receiving the blessing of your identity and your presence today, and I'm committing to share it with those around me. If you would, and, and for some of you today, receiving God's blessing of his presence and his identity is your salvation. Today, some of you need to say, I'm putting my faith in Jesus Christ, what he did on the cross. I'm going to believe and accept what he did so that I can become a child of God. And today is the day when that needs to happen for you. And you know it. You can feel it in your heart. God is tugging. His Holy Spirit is tugging on you right now, and it's time to do it. And for some of you, you say, I'm already a Christian, but if I'm really honest, I'm not living in this blessing right now. I've been searching for it. And those four things you were talking about, Will, I've got a lot of that kind of stuff going on. If I'm really honest, I'm struggling. And, And right now, today, I want to ask you if you would be willing to surrender that to God and say, God, I understand those won't last but yours will. These are counterfeit. Yours is real. Yours is authentic, and it will last for all eternity. Let's lay hold of the real thing today and not leave this place with the counterfeit in your life. Once again, thanks for listening. If you live in the Brazos Valley, we would love for you to engage with us at one of our weekend services. For directions, service times, and information about our fabulous children's and student environments, visit us at brazosfellowship.com. That's brazosfellowship.com.